of me, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you that I look to the hills from where come my help, because my help comes only from you. I ask that you would anoint the ears and open the hearts of each and every person under the sound of my voice today, and those that may hear this message at a later date. I give you all the praise, glory, and honor that as you make preaching easy for me, as I decrease that you would increase in me. Help me, O oh God, to bring this message with clarity so that I can glorify you, edify my sisters and brothers, and somewhere down the line I will walk in victory. And I give you all the praise and the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we say thank you, God, and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for fresh anointing, God. Hallelujah. I'm going to be coming to you this evening from Isaiah 64, and I'm going to be going all the way one through... Um, 12, but uh, I'm going to deal with the first six verses in the very beginning. Amen. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 1 through 6. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about um, that God would rend the heavens. It says, verse 1 said, Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake. At your presence as fire burns bush brushwood and as to make your name known to uh, as fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries that the nations may tremble at your presence when you when you did awesome things for which we did not look you came down the mountains shake at your presence for since the helping, since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God beside you. What who asks for the one who waits for him? Who asks for the one who waits for him? You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways, in, in this way we continue, and we need to be saved. But we are all like unclean thing, and all your all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We are we are fade as leaf, and your and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And tonight we're going to talk about these, and then we, we're going to get into this message. is a three-part message, so hopefully I will be able to do the second half next week, God's willing, unless he changes it. But our churches need revival, people of God. Our homes need revival. And most of us, we need revival. The nations and the world need revival. We need revival, but our military power cannot bring revival. No economic upturn can bring revival, and no election can bring revival. No stimulus check can bring revival. No lockdown can bring revival. Amen. Only God can bring revival. Revival is the sovereign word of Almighty God, the act of God. In other words, unless God shows up, we will never have revival. In Isaiah 64, God, people have been carried away captive. His work was in disrepair, this, this, this and his people were discouraged, much like the believers today. 
The church has been carried into captivity by the world and the flesh and the devil by our government, by our conspiracy. Christians are disheartened. Many have no hope for revival. They don't even believe that revival is possible. Unfortunately, revival starts with you and I. If we don't have revival first, we cannot bring revival. If the revival's got to start in your closet, wherever you meet God every day, that's where revival starts. Yeah. I want to tell you, revival is only, revival is not possible. It's inevitable when God's people get right and repent. Repentance is what brings Revival. Repentance is what brings revival. What am I saying? There's too many people. You just got through saying, sister, that when we walk around with unforgiveness in our heart, how can God show up for us? How can God answer our prayers? How can God turn on the lights in our hearts so that we can focus and look to Him? We need to make sure that we repent. Why is there no revival? Not because liberals live in the church or disunity among God's people or because we've been worldly compromised, listen, and complacent. We don't have revivals because we are not focusing. I don't know about you, but I'm sure you guys know about this. You can be reading your Bible and the enemy will drop something in your mind. And then the next thing you know, you're thinking about this. There's many times I've had to put my hands on my forehead and say in the name of Jesus, back up devil. Back up. Even sometimes you're worshiping and you start wondering, come on. I mean, this is what the enemy does. But if you can counteract the enemy, then you will have revival in your heart. Many people are walking with one foot in the world and one foot out. One foot in the world and one foot in the church. We will never have revival like that. The result, the result that there's no revival is because people start off with, like I said, with no concentration. We have to make sure that we concentrate on Jesus Christ. We have to make sure that when we open our Bibles, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. We got to make sure that when we are going to worship God in the morning, I'm talking about doing our You see, I have to start at home because everything starts at home. We wonder why our children aren't doing well in school. is because we didn't train them up the proper way before they went to school. Revival starts with each one of us. And when all of us begin to have revival, when we begin to focus and realize that revival is lacking, but it first starts with us. Yes, yes. Amen. It starts with us. So like I said, what is revival? Revival is when God shows up. Revival is when God shows up. Where revival is when the fire is lit up inside of you. Revival is when you begin to read the word and the, the, the word, the verses rise up off the pages. Revival is when you begin to hear worship and the worship, it stirs your heart 
and you begin to say, my God, and or you might be driving in your car and you might hear a sound of, about Jesus and you begin to feel something going on in your spirit. That means revival is coming up inside of you. And when every one of us begin to have revival personally, then when we come together, revival will start. Because we forget. We said we want revival in the church. But guess what? We're forgetting that we are the church. We are the church. So revival's got to start with us first. Revival starts, like I said, in your devotion, in your prayer time, in your worship, in your Bible reading. And I wish that I could do, if there was anything that I could do to encourage God's people to read your Bible. Read more. Yes, you was reading 15 minutes last year. This year you got to read 30 minutes. You was reading 20. You was worshiping for 10 minutes last year. This year you got to worship for 20 minutes. People need to understand, like, we understand that Jesus is coming soon. We know the mockers are mocking us and say, yeah, we've been hearing us forever. Hear, hear that forever. But guess what? I, I remember there was this young man. His name was Ken. He used to help us with the prayer clinic years ago, back in 2004, when we were at the Veterans Memorial Building, and his girlfriend, I don't know, some kind of way, he, uh, she found my phone number, and she called me up, she was just boo-hooing, and I said, what's wrong? She said, "You um, are you Pastor Ruby? And I said, yes. And she said, uh, I just called to tell you that Kent passed. She said, but guess what? She said, we were driving up to Vegas, and he died worshiping God. Amen. He died worshiping God. She said he was singing all the way, and all of a sudden he just leaned over and died. He was worshiping God. Yes, yes. I wouldn't mind dying like that. Amen. 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 Glory be to God. Amen. So the Bible says, Oh, that you, Almighty God, would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains would sh might shake at your presence. When we begin to understand that when you walk into a place, when you have revival in your spirit, when you walk into somewhere, you're going to ignite the person that's there. You're going to ignite. My friend told me, my sister told me the other day, she said, she's, she used to come to our church years ago uh, um, for, for, for at least three, four, five, six years. She got filled with the Holy Ghost. She's a Methodist. And she said to me, she said it many times, she said, Pastor Ruby, she said, every time I go to my church, she said, the pastor said, whenever I come in, he feels something. I said, well, what's wrong with him? Why isn't he bringing something to church? So they would always have her to pray. And she said, when she would pray, she said, some of the people would get up and they would be running back and forth, but they're not used to that, so some of them would look at them and laugh. But what I'm saying is that she was bringing revival. You see, unless you have the Holy Ghost, you don't have revival. You can't understand what revival is unless you are filled with the Holy Ghost because it is Him that lights the fire upon you to make you want to read your word. He lights the fire upon you to make you want to worship. The Bible says that we should have a song in our heart. Yes. If anyone is married, let him sing. Amen. So we need to make sure that we realize what's going to cause revival and then get to that place where we can do this thing. Amen. Because we, there's so many dead people walking around in church. What am I saying? You know what I'm saying. They're yes. dead. Yes. They're dead. They got no life. 
I don't understand how there could be such good worship and people are sitting down and not worshiping. I don't understand it. Our heart needs to yearn for God. We should be saying, oh God, when you come down, come down, God. God loves to come down. He came down when the Lord stepped out of heaven to save us. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down and baptized the infant church with wonderful power. And Jesus is coming down again at his second coming. If you study the, the record of the church in modern history, we will find from time to time uh, revival happens. Revivals happen in 1906 at Azusa Street. But we need that again. Amen. We need that again. And I believe that God is going to do it. It's just he's just looking for a few people. Amen. A few good men. Don't need a lot of people. That's right. Just a few people. Uh-huh. And when we begin to, to do what it is that we need to do, I, I, I mean, I know people say, oh, you don't have to do this, but that's, you know, I, I'm going to do what I know. I'm going to cross my teeth and dot my eyes because I need Jesus to come back. Yes. I need him to show up. I need him to do what he does best because if we can spur that fire in other air in the places that we go, then we can help some people because, as I said, people are still preaching prosperity message. They're still telling you you're going to get another husband. They're still telling you you're going to get a new car. And those are just things. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. So we need to make sure you know, we, we got to make sure, because I don't believe that God is true with America yet. We will see another revival if the church, us, if we come to that place where we can make a decision that we're going to put God first before family, before mother, father, brother, sister, wife, husband, lands and jobs and everything, we will see revival. But we got to make up our mind that we're going to do what it takes to get there. Yes. The presence that produces revival is God himself. It says about the mountains, he wants the mountains to melt, that the mountains might flow down in that presence as when the melting fire burneth. What am I talking about, people of God? The mountain of pride? The mountain of bigotry? The mountain of indifferences? The mountain of jealousy? The mountain of lust? The mountain of covetousness. You know, we don't talk about covetousness, that's sin. We don't never talk about that. But that's a sin. That's one of the Ten Commandments. And we need to make sure that we don't want everything. Every time somebody comes to my house and they go, when are you going to buy a, a, a big a flat screen TV? I said, when my TV breaks. Amen. I don't need a TV. I have a TV. I can see a TV. When it breaks, I don't have to convert everything because you have one. I don't have to have one. And that's the thing that we, we don't need to convert everything. Glory be to God. We need to make sure that we are happy with where we are so the mountain in our lives need to melt. And nothing can stop revival, the revival fire of God, except God himself. But we have to position ourselves because these obstacles are in our way. But we need to recognize what the obstacles are. And like I just named a few, you know. I mean, people are walking around with 
unforgiveness in their heart. People are walking around with grievances. People are walking around with anger, outbursts of wrath. Those are going to stop your revival. You will never have the right kind. You will never have revival in your heart until you get rid of those things. So the Bible says sinners will shake. If we have revivals, guess what? Like I said, when you go around some folks that are sinning, I had a friend of mine, we used to be out in the world together, and when I got saved, uh, they still used to like to come around, and when every time she would come to my shop, she was, and every time she would come, she would put her hands here, and she said, you make me feel terrible. And I says, what, why? I'm not looking at you. I said, I just happened to accept Jesus, and I'm saved by grace. I was a sinner. She said, you make me feel uncomfortable. I said, well, it's not me. It's the spirit of the living God. I said, God is calling you. She, she finally stopped coming around me. Be well, no, because she told me that, you know, I, I told her that she needed to stop fornicating. And she said, I, I can't help myself. I said, yes, you can if you accept Jesus. Amen. He will help you. But what I'm trying to say is this. We need to be so full of the Holy Ghost that when people come around us or when we go around them, they should be convicted. Amen. Their spirit should be convicted, amen? And so that's where revival started. It says here, it says sinners will shake to make your name known to your adversaries that the nations may tremble at your presence. You came down, the mountain shook at your presence. That's verse two and three. When the lost see something they can't explain. When the people that are not saved see something that they can't explain, guess what? That will spark revival. Mm -hmm. That will spark some real revival. And we need to make sure that we get to that place where God can be glorified and people will be edified. So as I close this message, there is so much corruption in our nation and around the world. But don't be fooled. God's people, when they come together walking in obedience, when they come together in the power and unity of the Holy Ghost, there's going to be some revival. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit is alive. Yes. People do not understand. There's those that think that he's a, a force. No, he's a person. Yes. So if we if we have revival in America, late night, listen to this, late night comedians will stop making fun of our holy things. Mm -hmm. They will stop making fun of Jesus. They will start cussing Jesus' name. Amen. Then, like I said, the, the religious and will shake the presence of the, uh, 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 the presence of God will make them stop. The unsaved will cry out for mercy. But they've got to see it in you and I first. We, we need to be the ones that bring this revival. And then when five or ten people come together, revival will shake the land. Amen. It's going to shake us, but we need to make sure. And that's why the Bible said, oh God, that you would rend the heavens, that the mountain might shake at your presence and fire burns brushwood as fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries that the nations may tremble at your presence. So what am I saying? I'm saying 
And I'm going to move on to, I think I'll go on all the way down to uh, verse 12. Will you restrain yourself because of these things, O Lord? Lord, will you restrain yourself because we are not confirming to the image of Jesus Christ? Will you restrain yourself from us because we are not walking in obedience? Will you restrain yourself, God, because we are playing games with you? We got to make sure that we recognize what we are doing. The righteous will rejoice when we come together and begin to glorify God. The righteous will rejoice because, like I said, it's like domino effect. It's like a domino effect. When I come around you and I'm going to feel the presence of God, I'm going to want to, I want what you have. When you go around her, when you go around her, and when we go around one another, we will start revival. Revival needs to be started, but it has to start with you and I. We cannot just sit back and think it's going to happen over there. No, we, every day, I remember my sister used to tell me, she said, you're not going to always feel God's presence. I said, that's a matter of opinion. Huh. I said, that's yeah. a matter of opinion. I experience the presence of God every day. Amen. Every day. I know he's with me yeah. because he can't lie. I know he's there, but I want to feel his presence. And that's why I press in the way that I do. And I want to share with anybody that will listen, anybody that's out there listening, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to give him your life. Time is very short. The time is now and the time is short. And you need to say yes to Jesus. Ah, the trumpet can sound at any moment. Before I finish this message, the trumpet can sound. But do you know Jesus? Do you know him? You see, there's so many people. As I said, in, in, I think it's in Peter's where it says, the mockers said that they've been saying about Jesus is coming way back over 2,000 years ago. But guess what? When he come and you get left, may God help you. Amen. God wants to meet with you and I. God wants to come down and be present in us. He is already here, but you want to make sure that his presence is with you. Amen. You want to make sure that when you pray, you get an answer. You want to make sure that even if he says wait, even if he tells you wait a minute for the answer, you still know that he's hearing you. You want to make sure that when you cry out to God, he gives you this expressible joy, knowing that he's going to respond to you. And so, tonight, as I close, I want to make sure that we understand revival begins with us. It doesn't start with the person around the corner, but the things that we got to get rid of is, like I said, the pride and the bigotry and the indifferences and the obstacles that is in our way. We need the mountains to melt, the mountains in our life. Everybody's walking around with mountains and the mountains can be shaken down. The mountains can melt if we just make up our mind to go through the process. You see, we forget that there is a process. Somebody called me tonight and told me, I'm not coming to prayer because I'm still trying to 
by a car. And I'm saying, I didn't say anything. I'm saying, you got all day to take care of your business. And you can't come to prayer. But that's your business. You see? But that's what God do to people. They put God on the sideline as soon as he started to bless them. That's why God wants to bless a lot of people. Yeah. But because of our, he already knows what we're going to do. So when they said, I just said, God bless you, what else can I say? Because to me, I'm saying, you need to be at prayer. God started to heal you, but you are too busy. You, all of a sudden, you got busy. And I'm saying to people of God, I said, people of God, you stop taking God as a bellhop. That's right. Stop just wanting his hands and not his face. And this is what I'm finding out with most people, but I'm used to it because it's been happening throughout the time that we've been in ministry. Yes. So today, as I said, as I close this message, I pray that we will begin to have that fire in us. There's got to be a fire in us so that we can function and show the next person that God is alive. Yes. God wants to show up in our lives. God wants to do some things in our lives, but we need to make way for him. We've got to open up the door for him to come in. You know what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20? I stand at the door and knock. If you would open up the door, I would come in. And it's kind of interesting because there's not a lot on the outside. We have to open up that door for him. We got to say, come on in. And so tonight, I just want to encourage people to make a decision for Christ. Amen. It's not time to play with your eternity. It's not time to play with your family's eternity. Your family's probably looking at you and saying, well, you ain't saved, so why should I be saved? You see? But we got to make up in our minds that we're going to do what is right in his sight. And so tonight... I say, first thing we got to do is to get to know Jesus Christ. We've got to get to know him. We've got to say yes to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So if I don't leave you with anything else, I want to leave you with the fact that my suggestion to you is give your life to Jesus. Tomorrow is not promised. The Bible says today, if you will hear his heart, hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the rebellion in the wilderness. We do not want to be left behind. We want to enter into that promised land of his rest. Amen. So I give God praise and I glorify him and I love you until we see you again. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you give the Lord some